1: Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. It's just you and me today, marketers. And it's the first time in six months that I've turned on this microphone and didn't have a guest on the other end of the line. So how you been? It's been a while. I guess the last time that I did what we call a solo act was at the end of the year when we talked a little bit about our planning and our goal setting. And now that we are halfway through 2021, I wanted to touch bases. And talk to you a little bit about what's going on here at the martech podcast it's been an interesting year so far and honestly it's been a little bit of a tumultuous one i feel like for most people this year has kind of been a recovery from 2020 not only from a business but also from a personal perspective obviously dealing with a global pandemic was something that impacted us all personally and professionally For me, we had just had our second child the week before the shelter-in-place order was put in place in the state of California. So my wife and I had to not only learn how to be parents of two children while being locked at home and not really sure where we were going to send the kids, but also I had to deal with some adversity in our business. When the pandemic first happened, we had some sponsors that pulled out or withheld payment for the services that we had already done. And so that kind of shook our business up a little bit. Uh, fortunately, by the end of the year, everything had recovered and really sort of felt like uh, the business was, I don't know, recession-proof on some level. So last year where we ended up was basically around flat in terms of overall revenue, uh, You know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars of revenue from podcast sponsorships. And that was driven... From 10 or 12 podcasts, I don't remember exactly what the number was off of last year. And and with our podcast sponsorship offering, we do advertorial content, host-read advertising, the ability to retarget some of our listeners who listen to specific pieces of content, and also we do direct response for advertisers to try to drive some adoption of the ads that they talk about on the podcast. And I always felt like the model for this show was to be able to provide value to people that wanted to reach you, that wanted to reach marketers, at least people that are interested in the field of marketing. So what we've been doing for a few years now is reaching out to everybody that is in the MarTech industry. We use Scott Brinker's list of MarTech companies and we reach out to the marketing executives and ask if they want to be a sponsor or help support the show. And so we've been piecing together these, you know, somewhere between seven to 15, even sometimes up to $25,000 podcast sponsorship campaigns, which was keeping our business alive through the pandemic. But it required a lot of work for me on the sales side because I do all of our selling. We don't have any ad rep. And as of last year, we didn't have an SDR. And so coming into 2021 My goals were to replace myself from not only the selling, but also we were starting to think about finding a presenting sponsor. Was there one brand that could come in and kind of be a regular constant force that we can help with promotions, but also depend on throughout the year? So at the beginning of this year, I had goals to try to not only replace myself from the daily operations with the exception of our marketing strategy and obviously the podcast hosting, but we also wanted to try to change the way that we sold and some of the packages that we offered to our sponsors. I run two podcasts, the MarTech podcast being obviously the biggest, best, and baddest one of all of them. But with our other podcast sponsorship, we had a presenting sponsor who we've worked with for a few years. And at the beginning of this year, we expected them to continue to be our presenting sponsor. And we had a little bit of conflict. It's actually a really scary time for our business because they withheld payment saying that we didn't own the IP of the content that we were created. So, in January, right as things were starting to feel like they were hopefully heading back towards normal, obviously in sort of the global spectrum in the United States, there was the Capitol riots and the election and all the drama that went around. And as that was happening, my presenting sponsor and my other podcast said that we're going to withhold payment. And so, I had to put my boots in the ground and say, we've got a contract, and we had to renegotiate that deal to make sure that everybody felt good about how we were going to continue to work together. So at the beginning of this year, we ran into this conflict with IP, who owned our other podcast. We had payments that were being withheld. And honestly, it was one of the scarier times I've ever had running this business. We got down to $3,000 in our business checking account. Now, we had about $90,000 in accounts receivable that were due, but times and cash management was a little bit of a problem. It was a scary time at the beginning of the year. So, when I think back to where we started in this year, we started off in a really scary place, and it's been kind of a strange uptick. After dealing and resolving our IP issues with our other podcast, we were able to collect the payment not only from them but from all the other vendors that we had outstanding. And then we stumbled into our presenting sponsor for the MarTech podcast. And the dirty secret about working with HubSpot and being a member of the HubSpot podcast network is that I cold emailed their CMO with our standard, hey, we want to reach out, we're interested in working with you, you're a member of the MarTech community, let's figure out a relationship email sequence. And their CMO responded and said, hey, we're starting a podcast network. You seem like a great fit. Talk to our head of business development. And one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, we signed our agreement with HubSpot, which is a two-year agreement. And basically, we were paid for half of our inventory for two years up front. And so we went from, I've got $3,000 in our business checking account with this huge amount of accounts receivable to now we have multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash And we got to figure out what we're going to do to grow our business. So this year for me and for the MarTech podcast has been one that feels like a big evolution. And I am faced with business challenges that I've never really been subject to before. I've been an entrepreneur for years. I've run the marketing department at early stage startups. Now I feel like I'm actually working at a growth stage company where we have some capital. The company is still bootstrapped. We've got cash in the bank and we have to figure out not only how to replace me from the daily operations, now it's time to really focusing on scaling the operations. And so some of the biggest challenges for us this year were first and foremost, let's scale our team in terms of our content production and make sure that everybody understands what they're doing. I want to talk to you a little bit about how we've built our team. Originally, when we started the Martech podcast, we had one virtual assistant, Zori, a wonderful person, and she was doing everything from writing our show notes to putting our content into our hosting platform, to building web pages, to publishing the content. There was a lot of work that Zori was doing on her own without a lot of direction. And Zori decided that it was time for her to go have a little bit more of a stable job. She didn't want to be a contractor or a freelancer. She wanted to go work in-house. And a big portion of that was the tax code in her country changed. And so being a freelancer wasn't as profitable. And when Zori stepped away, Todd, who was our head of content production, and I sat down and said, let's break up this team to be more specialized and into more silos. And so what we decided to do was bring on a content creator, somebody to write our show notes and eventually to work on creating some social media content. Um, And then we also brought somebody in to be a publishing expert, somebody that was really more of a project manager who was going to be very process-oriented. So we started off by breaking the job that we had one virtual assistant up into two, and they were going to be responsible for multiple podcasts for the two shows that we already had working. Then once we had our team scaled up and we had better documentation, we focused a little bit more on marketing automation and um, we use monday.com and we set up rules to make sure that everybody understood not only what they were responsible for, but also when they said that the content was completed, there was a handshake between them and the next person in content production. But we also build out separate boards to manage our communication with our guests and some of the email communications, what we call a comms board. And so now we have these more sophisticated rules for not only how does a piece of content go from being recorded, to edited, to uploaded, to published, but in parallel, there's these rules that are triggered by the content production stages that help us coordinate with our guests to say, hey, your content has been edited, here's when your content will be scheduled, here's when your content is live, here's what the performance of the content is, and even after the content's been published, hey, we appreciate you being our guest, would you mind leaving a review? So we've created these marketing automation systems using virtual assistants that helped us not only be better in content production, more efficient, we create better show notes and quotes, but we're also starting to turn that into marketing material as well. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. On the business side, one of the big things that we did was we hired an SDR. I had been managing sales independently for the MarTech podcast since day one. And what I was relying on was a tool called MixMax, which allows you to create templates that you can resend and populate with custom variables depending on who you're emailing. And so I onboarded an SDR who managed the outbound selling, sending the campaigns, reaching out to the MarTech community, but also using the templates to send them basically our canned responses. When somebody says that they're interested in setting up a call to learn more about sponsorships, we've got a canned email for that. And somebody else is managing that inbox. And when they run into trouble or when there's an out-of-the-box situation, then they send that email over to me and I send a custom response. So I started taking some of the sales workflow off of my plate, which allowed me to create more time to do things like work on our marketing automation. And so that's really one of the big things that's coming up for us is figuring out how do we continue to grow our show. Now, look, this is a marketing podcast, and hopefully you've been listening to the show for a while and you're interested to hear how we're growing our new media business. And a lot about what I'm talking about is some of the operational challenges, also some of the challenges in our revenue optimization. A big part of what our show is built on is making sure that our audience is of meaningful size, that there's lots of people listening so we could sell access to those ears to our sponsors, the people that want to market to marketers. And honestly, from a marketing perspective, it's been challenging growing the MarTech Podcast. We've hit an inflection point when it comes to the growth of the show. So to give you some perspective, you know, at the end of the last year, we were growing on a pretty steady clip. We went from the beginning of 2020, about Forty or 50,000 downloads, all the way up to our peak of 90,000 downloads in November of 2020. In December, because I was a little concerned about cash flow, we decided to turn our marketing efforts off. And what we saw was we went from ninety to 70,000 downloads. And so generally, we spend about $4,000 a month on podcast advertising. We do a little app store optimization as well. So by turning off those campaigns, we saw a pretty meaningful dip in our audience size. We turned our marketing back on in January once things start to get settled and our audience popped back up to about 81,000 downloads. And what's interesting is after that, even when we had cash in the bank, we started to see our downloads deteriorate. And I wasn't spending as frequently, honestly, because I was distracted because I was working on sales and working on scaling our content production team. And we saw our downloads go from 90 to about 75, to about 65, to about 60. And all of a sudden, I looked up and we were sitting here close to the middle of the year. And I said, look, we've lost about a third of our audience. I'm starting to get a little concerned. It's time for us to refocus on marketing. So what's interesting is now that we're refocusing on marketing, a couple of things we did was we, you know, we went back to what had worked before, which is buying remnant media inventory and podcasting. We're buying relatively inexpensive post-roll ads. We're using a platform called Chuzzle, run of network, US-based, primarily English-speaking countries, and we're putting our ads in other podcasts. So whenever somebody is listening to a podcast, when that show ends, they hear our ad that says, are you interested in learning how great businesses grow? Well, hey, come listen to the MarTech podcast. We buy that inventory for somewhere between, I don't know, $2.50 to $5 CPMs. And generally what we saw is we were getting a $2.50 to a $5 cost per incremental download. And we're just restarting that engine. Sometimes it takes a little while and you have to build the impressions and the frequency. But what I'm seeing right now is that we're having a tough time scaling just purely based on our podcast advertising. So one of the things that we've done that actually helped us be successful was start making sure that we drive more reviews At some point last year, we saw the number of reviews we had for our podcast go from about 280 to about 160. And so what I'm guessing happened is Apple went through the podcast app store and said, you know what, some of these reviews are so old, we're just going to get rid of them. Or maybe they thought they were fraudulent, who knows. But Apple reduced some of our reviews, and at the same time, in parallel, we started to see our downloads go down. So that probably means that we're just not showing up as much We're still ranking highly in the podcast app store ratings. We're still, you know, a top 200 podcast in marketing. But my guess is because we don't have the reviews, maybe we're not showing up as much in the search algorithm. This is purely me speculating. So when somebody searches for a given keyword, maybe our content isn't showing up as much. We're a little less discoverable. And so one thing that we did, and I'm going to talk about this in tomorrow's episode, was focus on a review campaign, working with people that were previous guests on the show, asking for them to drive reviews. Because one of the things that we know works is when you're trying to optimize to get podcasts from the Apple App Store, you need new subscribers and you need positive reviews. And so we can't necessarily control the number of new subscribers other than doing our podcast advertising, but we're doing that in parallel with our review campaign. And so we've seen some pretty good results early on from those efforts. We've gone from, I think our low was about 60,000 downloads, and we picked up about 10,000 downloads last month. So going into the end of this year, we're back to about 70,000 downloads per month or so, which is picking up about a third of what we had lost over the first half of this year when we weren't really necessarily paying attention to our marketing efforts. And at some point, this is kind of the challenge of an entrepreneur when you're focused on operations. That means you're not focused on revenue generation or you're not focused on marketing. And so there's always this balance and this give and take until you can start focusing on honestly scaling your team and your operations. So where we are halfway through this year, our goal is to get to 100,000 downloads per month. We want to have, I think I said in the beginning of the year, a million point five downloads between the two shows. We're probably going to fall pretty far short of those numbers unless we have a miraculous comeback at the end of this year. But on the flip side, there's a little less pressure on us from a revenue optimization standpoint because we've secured our presenting sponsor relationship. Obviously, we want to continue to grow the show. We want to reach new audiences. We're going to continue to try to find other sponsors for our show. We still definitely have opportunities for other sponsors to reach the show. But this year so far has been a challenging one, and honestly, one that we didn't expect between almost hitting zero in our business checking account to then securing the relationship of the HubSpot, our presenting sponsor, we're a member of the HubSpot network, which I honestly consider the pinnacle of my career at this point. Could not be more excited to be working with the team at HubSpot. And I'm very optimistic about how they're going to be able to help us grow our show. But we're facing challenges from the marketing perspective, and a lot of them are actually bandwidth challenges. And so, throughout the second half of this year, what I'm going to be focused on is building more architecture and infrastructure for our marketing team to do a couple of things. One, we want to regularly generate reviews. So we're building out more email communications for our speakers to ask them to be the people that review our content. Two, We're going to be reaching out to our guests whenever we can. Hey, if you haven't left a review for the MarTech podcast and you're this far into the show, please leave us a five-star review. We don't ask for a lot in the show, but it really does have an impact on how this show is adopted. It means a lot to me. It helps pay for the show's content. And also, we're going to be doing a lot more social content. We're building out our infrastructure to not only create great show notes and quotes from each episode, but we're going to turn that into social media content and start sharing it more on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So we're building out our feeds. We're also going to be building out our marketing team to help support us with not only our organic growth, but maybe some of the other channels we're focused on as well. So as I summarize this year, we're about halfway through Honestly, I feel grateful and happy about how the content was. I feel like our team is headed in the right way. We have hit some headwinds when it comes to marketing, and that is reality as a marketer. And I guess mostly when you get to this point of scale and you're starting to be torn between revenue optimization and just growth, sometimes there are trade-offs between those things. And so in the second half of the year, we're going to be doubling down on our marketing. We're going to be focusing more on driving organic growth. We're also going to be relaunching our website. Lots of exciting stuff to look forward to. So thank you, if I haven't said it enough, for being our listeners. Thank you for your ears and your time and for supporting the MarTech community. I know we're halfway through this year. We've got lots to accomplish. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to me ramble on about what's happening so far this year. If you're interested in getting in touch, you can find a link to my LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact me on Twitter. My handle is Benjshap, B E N J S H A P. You can find my personal website, it's benjshap.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. On our website, we've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. We have a a once-a-week newsletter, and you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, and we'll answer them live on our show. Of course, you can reach out on social media. The show's handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D. It's the same handle on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. Again, my handle everywhere is Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.